Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast from the back tees. I'm Jerry Lou, your co-host, and with me as always is our founder and leader, Zach Pencer. Zach, how in the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good. We had a Canadian win this week, so all things are looking up. How about you? <laughs> I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. Uh, I guess today we're going to talk about the uh, RBC Heritage, uh, Zurich Classic coming up, new format. that Well, not new format, but different than most. But uh, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. But before we get to that, let's dance a little bit. Forgive me, everybody. I'm Ellen DeGeneres. I couldn't think of anything better. I just said, let's dance for a second. And neither of us danced. We just sat here in solitude. So, That's Zach, how I dance. Did you play some golf this week? Uh, I did not play some golf. I'm back home in Montreal. So, uh, Although they should be opening pretty soon, the golf courses. Hopefully in the next oh, couple of weeks. You know, folks, this is some terrible strategic intelligence on our behalf because uh, we were going to share some golf stories right off the top and I just assumed that uh, Zach seemed like he you seemed like he had one <laughs> and, oh, I, and wish. I was just like oh, you, we, clearly, clearly you played golf oh I wish well so How what's, what was uh, we talking about what was your golf story that we were referring to my golf story I don't have a golf story I think you have a golf story ah well I mean I played some golf I guess but uh there is some, I have some golf news we can share, but we can save that for the end of the show with all our uh, Twitter questions and our topics and such. So what happened last week? RBC Heritage. Harbortown. I like Harbortown. It is. It has a spot. It doesn't have a spot on the Golf Monopoly board. I mean, in terms of old fashioned, right? It's one of it's one of the top ones out there. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's on the uh, Golf Monopoly board. I think it's I think it's Marvin Gardens, which means you could do a whole lot worse. It, that means you're the top yellow square. I mean, oh, Marvin no, Gardens no, is no, yellow no. or orange? Yeah, I, 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 you can at me all day on Twitter, folks. I have the Monopoly board memorized. Wow. It is Marvin Gardens is the last square before you have to go to jail, and Marvin Gardens has, is two hundred eighty dollars on the most expensive yellow property. Wow, so we're gonna start a new podcast on Monopoly. Now that'll be something. Until it runs out after a few episodes. <laughs> so before, I mean, I, I know how this course sets up. It's a really great course, super old-fashioned. It's the exact reason why I'm scared of ever playing or watching golf at the Colonial, because it's so pocketed and so many trees in the way, and you have to play good target golf, old-fashioned golf, not bomb and gouge like we're used to, which, you know, maybe nobody predicted DJ would collapse, I predicted DJ would shoot even par and not win. Really, that was it. I just thought he would, oh, this is what he does. He goes three under, three under, three under, nap time. That's just, that's what DJ does. He doesn't shoot 77. Like, did he have a hernia or something, Zach? Were you watching on Sunday? What happened? That was, that was wild. He was at 10 under, I think one behind the lead, or maybe he was even tied at that point. Went bogey, bogey, bogey. I'm watching. So at this point, he's out of it. And then I'm fully convinced he's just like, screw it. I don't want to be here anymore. Hits a shot in the water on the par three, <laughs> makes double, goes to the par five, 
Then he's like even more like screw it and just blasts a driver maybe a hundred yards out of bounds. It went straight right. I, I, clearly, I missed that one. I didn't see the uh, I didn't see the ob <clears throat> the ob tee shot. Oh, it was so... great. He didn't even care either. Well, I saw your tweet. Unfortunately, because I was busy on Sunday, your tweet was the first news I saw. I knew he had gone nuclear, but your tweet was the one who that crystallized it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, seven over and five holes. My goodness. I mean, now look, I, and God bless Mr. Ron Mintz, uh, PJ Tour follower uh, and media uh, personality who just started following me on Twitter. I followed him for years. The man is a, a delight. He had a tweet that really got me thinking about this. I mean, and it wasn't, I mean... I, it got me half thinking the layout of the course, all the people that are up top, just the big log jam of golfers up there. It was anybody's game. I mean, that's why I picked Kucher where it's just like, well, he's only a couple out of the lead. I mean, all he has to do is grease his way up there and slash up and he took second, you know, whatever, make a lot of money this year. But that being said, it was anybody's tournament. He, he, what Ron Mintz said was after 54 holes, um, the past six years, like the past six winners have came three shots out of lead or something on the last day or something. If I if, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, yeah. everybody. But that being said, I kind of felt like half smart but half obvious picking Kucher. Where I'm like, oh my god, DJ's at ten under, Solamente leading the tournament, and we got Kucher at eight under, and we just got this logjam of guys. If anyone's going to go out there and shoot a sixty-six and just grease the field with the five under, it's Matt Kucher. I didn't see CT Pan. Nobody, mark my words, not a single person picked CT Pan that I can see. No big wigs, small wigs, toupees, yarmulkes, all the above. Nobody picked CT Pan to win that. And maybe they so, should have, though. Well, of course they should have. I'm just saying. He's it, very it, accurate. We all we all want to be like who wants to be right. Everyone wants to be correct. You know, this is just a, like who wants to look cooler, knowing the information. Nobody picked CT Pan. Heck, as far as I'm concerned. With the exception of you picking Hideki, I think Asian golfers are getting highly ignored. I mean, there's there's so many. Hotung Lee is such a good golfer. Yeah, he's I mean, a stud. there's there, it, it, but it, it, it harkens back to the days in the '80s of Jumbo Wasaki, where I'm just kind of like, oh my god, this is a guy who's like one out of four people on a video game, and the Nintendo's first video game. Jumbo who? Nobody even knows this this Japanese golfer or whatever, but it's like, God, this guy was great. He just didn't win. I, I don't know. I, Asian golfers often get overlooked, and that bothers me. It bothers me when anybody gets overlooked. It's not saying that, not to say this podcast has to go political or racial or whatever. There is, it, it, it's, there's no affluence to golf. There, the Golf and talent or where you came from might have to do with wealth partially. We can admit that. That's 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 as plain as the nose on our face. It's not that big a deal. We take it for what it is. Even the poor people I know who get into golf take that humbly as what it is. I'm one of them. But all that being said, what do you, we all have that in common. I don't know. But I don't at, know, Zach. At I, the same time, I don't know if they are ignored. I guess they're ignored here. But you always hear on the broadcast about like how Hao Tong Li at the Masters had as big a media following as Tiger. And I know Matsuyama, everywhere he goes, he has the biggest crowds, like as big as Tiger with all the Japanese media following him. I guess the Americans true. don't. It, like, like Ichiro had in baseball. Exactly. Very much so. Very, very much so. And you know what? That's so right, and I didn't even consider that. I, that it, but that's, that's right on. I like that. That's, but still, at the same time, I remember, uh, I mean, I remember 
almost wanting to pick CT Pan for a couple tournaments last year. Really, like he was just in the mix. It just the, these guys are good golfers. Whatever, yeah, if... like like Japanese baseball pitchers in the MLB. Certain type of players, very methodical, slow junk ballers, whatever. But guess what? It works. It, I mean, not not. To, I'm not drawing an analogy comparison. I have no idea. I'm on a lot of Jack and Coke right now, so. Yeah, uh, they've now gone back to back to it. They heritage Satoshi Kodaira last year. That's right. Oh God, that's right. I, the, and what I remember the most from last year that bothers me, unfortunately, it's like a haunting memory. Was when the heritage was over last year. Was when I first remembered. Oh God, I missed the Harbor Town because I always call it the Harbor Town. It's Harbor Town. That's just what it exactly. is. Exactly. I see 18. It's a tough 18th hole. It's it's Arbortown, baby. It's just a oh god, it's a dynamite course. Yeah, RBC like, must be pissed too, though. They, well, they had I, DJ I show up. He's in contention, and then blows it. Like hey, all the same amount of eyeballs were on the TV. It doesn't matter. And speaking of eyeballs being on the TV or what have you, D- Jason Duffner's video. <laughs> I, now I don't know if any of you. I don't know if any of you out there. Saw Phil Mickelson's video driving up Magnolia Lane, talking about here's the strategy for the weekend: gonna hit bombs, you know, with a good group. You know, he named off the guys he was with, <laughs> and then he got Jason Duffner walking through the tennis courts at Harbor Town, saying, "Here's the key to this week: no bombs. I got the club head speed to 113, maybe 114. So no bombs, no bombs whatsoever. That's <laughs> no bombs the strategy. That's Harbor Town." And then he even had the audacity to say, if you find the green, you're attacking the flag here. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> oh, he's great. <laughs> which, which which, makes me want to slander the course a bit for saying, hey, yeah, he just said, if you find the green, you're making birdies. But then I go and look at the field. I'm like, where'd all the birdies go? Like, there's some, but nobody's slaying the course. Like, so that's when your Brant Snedekers come out or you're like, you know, you're, you're, you're Ryan Moore's or your shorter hitters or whatever. Right? Like the methodical grinders, like Jim Furyk, I, does he not have 10 wins this tournament or something? I mean, he doesn't, but he, I'm he should win every week here. This is his, this is his playground technically according to the dimensions. So, but Jason Duffner quietly, and I've heard this on more than one occasion, one of the funniest, smartest, sharpest guys on tour if anyone, I mean, I'd say follow him on Twitter. He doesn't do too much, but I mean, he even said shout out to my sponsor this week, and he just showed his hat that he was wearing. He's not sponsored, and it was a Corona. Hat. <laughs> it was a Corona Special Visor. Oh, he's I want great. That visor. It was old fashioned white, tall with the dark blue lettering. It was handsome. Oh man, I love you, Jason Duffner. That man's so great. <laughs> we need more Duff Daddy in our lives. But other than, so other than, you know, CT nonstick pan winning and the Duffner video and DJ not just collapsing. I mean, we can look at the leaderboard. There were a couple guys, a couple guys that shot two over or one over, which was a 72 or a 73. But DJ was the only Blue Angel who said, let's fly into the mountain. I don't understand. I'm not saying it's an easy course, but you can look at the scores. It wasn't incredibly low. But it was very trending in terms of just solid under par. Is there anything else to talk about? about yeah, the well, I guess management? one of the guys I was shocked who didn't do well was Poulter. He went into the fourth round right up there. And then. Or what he about Sabatini? There were, it was the top three. It was the top four. They all just shat the bed. I, I, it just. Sad, I don't know man. how to put it, man. Yeah, so, I'm it, happy. I'm sorry, I'm... I always like a first time winner. That's Typically, I root for the guy to win for the first time. I mean. 
it's such a it means so much more to the guys the first time win than anyone else you know good point i that that is something that's nice i don't want to say so long it's not majors because you know everyone has to win their first major at some point but yeah, this was a good tournament in that it was a course we all love we're all comfortable with it was post masters i'll admit I'm, I, I wasn't like over tiger saturated. I was a little over golf saturated. I mean, just in terms of how what just happened last weekend is uh, it's Great. still. I mean, it, it just I'm still I'm still kind of recovering for it. Maybe the PJ Tour should have taken the 911 thing and just taken a week off or something. Just been like, hey, you know what? Since Tiger won the Masters, nothing's happening next weekend. I would have been fine with that. I, like my body still is recovering. Just delay like, every tournament a week. <laughs> Well, just when Tiger won that one. So, uh, if you have nothing else to talk about with the Heritage, let us talk about, quite possibly, the most fun new tournament on the PJ Tour. And it's not new. It's always the same tournament. Oh, before we but get like, there, before we get oh. there, we got to bring up, you're trying to bring down my Canadians. We got to... Who? Brooke Henderson. Big win this weekend. Oh, oh, I, I apologize. That's right. Let's not move on. Let's still talk about... My favorite LPGA Tour player, Brooke, becoming the what, Zach? So she won for the eighth time to tie the record for most wins by a Canadian golfer. I think it was Mike Weir, George Knudsen, or Knudsen, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's okay, he's only your countryman, so keep going, you're doing great. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> do you know how old Brooke Henderson is? Hmm. Off the top of my head, um, <clears throat> this sounds bad as being my favorite LPGA Tour player. She's 24? 21. Wow. Cool. Considering I was about to say 28 at first, I'm like, no, no, no. Reel it back. <laughs> 21. She's played 100 events, has won 8 of them, and 39 top 10s. Who else has a track record like that? Do we have any, like, Annika numbers at all? Did you I guess that girl... Aria Junta, whatever, with like 18 letters. Sorry oh. to butcher it, but I feel like people could understand that I cannot pronounce that. Yeah, yeah, we know who you're talking about. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah she probably like yeah. wins every second week. But... No, it's, that's bad. That's bad ass. I like that. Absolutely. And one of the things I notice uh, every time she wins, because she's a member of Ping, when they give her the putter in the Ping vault, I always enjoy that ceremony whenever they post it on Twitter. It's a lot yeah. of fun. I mean, she's she's got like eight spots in there with eight golden putters. And if, if for those who you who aren't familiar, and I could be wrong, and everybody who isn't hitting their dashboard or trying to at me at Twitter right now, when you're a Ping-sponsored player and you're playing the putter of Ping, they make a gold one of whatever model you're using at the time and put it in a vault. And that's just their ping vault of victories or whatever they call it. That's not, not a hashtag or a TM or a restricted. So, so Brooks in there at least eight times. I mean, she's got her own, uh, she's got a big section. Yeah. Who knows how many more she's going to win. It's, it's True exciting. We so, <clears throat> so, uh, I apologize for brushing off the Canadians. That's, that was not my MO story of our lives. What are we going to do? I bet. You know what? That that sounds pretty fair. I apologize. So this Now weekend, we can advance. <laughs> Zurich Classic of New Orleans. It is a... <clears throat> I started to look up all the side games and everything that's going on or whatever, but all I can tell you folks is last year they switched to a two-person format 
as opposed to individual metal play. And now, Zach, what are they? Are you hip to anything special going on in terms of what's going on which round for the players on the PGA Tour? So I'm not sure about all the details. I know it's in my favorite city in the States, New Orleans. Go Saints. Uh, it should be exciting. Betting-wise, I guess we won't get into it too much as you're a pretty big degenerate if you're betting on the Zurich Classic. Uh, what does? the? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? what? Degenerate? Whoa, let's at least pick a different word or I can defend the degenerates here. Come hey, on. I'm like the biggest degenerate out of the group for sure. Look, there's not there's not numbers. Don't don't look look. I know there's not numbers on the tournament. And we can't provide anything, but degenerate. Unless we're talking about like the AC Beach Invitational for Williams Women's Billiards. Excuse me, Williams. That's abbreviated. Hey, there's a big edge in That's when you're degenerate. That's it. That not that's when you're degenerate. This is the only tournament going on this week that we're paying attention to, and I I'm sure Vegas will matriculate some odds at some point. But in the meantime. You have to be a degenerate to gamble on on this. Honestly, this would be a lot of fun. Come on. Yeah, well, my take on the whole thing is that might be the most exciting way to watch it. Because while it is a cool format and everyone wants new things, in reality, when you're actually watching it, how exciting is it going to be? I don't know. Like you said, I don't know how involved the players are, how badly they all want to win. Some are playing with their brothers, as we'll get to. Some are playing with their friends. Okay, so I get that. I get that. So it's going to be kind of a pro-am atmosphere. Exactly. I get that. But at, the same, but at the same time, it's different. It's like match play. Hell, it's like when the Invitational was Stableford up in Colorado. I'm just like, hell yeah, it's a different scoring system where if you get a birdie, it's two points. Eagle, five. Double eagle, eight. And there was a double eagle in that tournament where it's just like, holy crap, the points just start to... it get, That International, it was um, Rich Beam beat uh, Shane Lowry. And uh, not Steve Lowry. Everybody it was Steve, Steve Lowry. Lowry. I was just Shane's watching that. Number. Where he made the double up. eagle. This was... Okay, I know this is a, a terrible tangent, but if anyone wants to a- ask me or no, this was my favorite moment in watching golf ever. Zach, have I ever told you about this? The 2003 International? No, but I, I was just watching video. Somehow it came up somewhere, that video. The Steve Lowry match. It's... I don't know what you saw, but I remember what I saw. I only saw it once live. It was just on TV. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2002. It was 2002. I was going into my senior year in high school in America. And Rich Beam was a week later about to beat Tiger Woods by one stroke uh, for the PGA Championship. And Rich Beam was the greatest golfer for two weeks ever because Rich Laser Beam the week before went to Colorado to the international tournament which is a staple for an event, or was at the time. I forget the golf course, but playing at altitude, things a little bit different. And Shane, Shane, Lowry, Shane. Steve Lowry. Lowry. Steve, God damn it. Steve Lowry. Steve Lowry and Rich Beam both found themselves up at the top of the leaderboard in the fourth round, and it became one of those things where Rich was in the driver's seat the whole time, but Shane had the biggest roller coaster you would ever, ever imagine as a pro golfer in that it started with him hitting into a, like a greenside pond and taking a shoe off and hitting the ball out of the pond yeah. and over the flag and making a par somehow and then on the very next hole almost holding out for a hole in one and then on the very next hole holding out from 200 yards of the six iron i remember distinctly for a double eagle and then i forget what happens on 17 and then 
18, he comes up, and Rich Beam has been playing the whole time in the group in front of him, just battling back and forth, making birdies, eagles. These guys are just playing crazy golf back and forth, two no-namers. And Steve Lowry was on the 18th green, sitting on a situation that only exists in Sableford, where he had a putt. If he made it, he would win. If he missed it, he lost. He didn't tie, according to Stableford points. Par was zero points. Birdie was two points. He walked up to that green one point down. He had to make that putt to win. Missed it. He lost. That never, ever, ever exists in golf in any other time and vacuum where it's a miss or make for the victory. It's usually for the have or for some consolation or to move on or for the victory. But... And you guys can add me at Twitter all day for small Jerry Lou Looper one for small like sports stories all over. That was the one time I've ever seen in golf where the victor was decided by a putt on 18. That was if he made it, he won. If he missed it, he lost. Save for match play. I know everyone's screaming match, match play is not the way most things are sanctioned. We strive off of, in America, metal and stroke play, which I don't like, but... Sorry, that was the 2002 International, my favorite golf tournament ever. That's a fair point. <laughs> so now we could get into. Sorry, I don't mean to. I forgot. I forgot match play. I don't mean to besmirch match play. So, so given the format, I did ask a great question on Twitter, and we got a lot of great responses from everybody. Pretty random. A lot of things that are hard to like pick out from the others. But I asked, what would be your favorite two-person duo to see? At in any tournament, doesn't matter where it is, what the course is. What what are two guys you'd like to see play together? Zach, what do you got? Uh, Kucher and Sergio, because everyone likes a good, a good uh, little excitement. I would say, yeah, for this year, this year, two thousand nineteen, hell yeah. But any other time, these two mfers don't have anything in common. <laughs> but think of how often the rules official will be called in eighteen holes of Kucher and Sergio. Same as, uh, oh gosh, oh, I'm going to try and dig it up on Twitter because I can't cite it, but somebody brought up, here it is, Matt Smith at zero fairways given said, Keegan and Jimenez. Yeah. As a re. Oh my God. And the caddy. Keegan and the caddy. Or no, uh, Jimenez and the caddy. It would have to be Al or Reginald. Everyone would have to go back to, absolutely, but. uh... And he said the final pairing was Steven Zinger. I mean, <laughs> that's those two made up, and that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know. I see uh, we got a uh, Matthew Lawler at Matthew Lawler said Poulter Bubba. That'd be a good one. I mean, I mean, what what are we really looking for? Are we looking for guys who jive well together or guys who rub each other the wrong way? Because my girlfriend even told me herself. I just said I just looked at her and said, hey. What's two person team you'd like to see? And she just said like speed three, and I just and she snickered, and I looked at her and said, "Why?" I think most people because... want to see ones that don't like each other. Oh, see now, dog. This might be the American approach. I hate to be a negative type person or defeatist or whatever, but we strive on controversy. Yeah, so everyone loves a good controversy. Yeah, I mean, that's why I got my boy franchise Jesus here on Twitter saying Patrick Reed, Kevin Kisner. I wanted to question him on it. Franchise it didn't make any Jesus. sense to me. It, it didn't make any. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. But I thought, 
Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I thought of a good one, though. What about Baba and Phil? Oh, sure. Well, I feel like Phil... You know what? Actually, I hate to say it. As much as I love Bubba, I don't think he's a pretty good team golfer with anybody. No. Or Phil and Tiger. See them work together. That would be interesting. That would be a lot of fun. One of them on here from Craig V. This is a really good one. And he took the question outside the box like I was really hoping some people would. He said, 2000 Tiger and 1995 John Daly. I mean... Oh, you folks couldn't see it. I just bit my fist. I mean, that that'd be a lot of fun. Was <laughs> two thousand Tiger when he won eleven out of twenty tournaments? Well, but yeah, that, that, but that's like me saying nineteen seventy Muhammad Ali versus nineteen ninety Mike Tyson. Fucking a, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, that would be that'd be beautiful. <laughs> and and folks, I know I got those years drastically wrong. I was just shooting off the hip here. So, what's one you that got you any, want to see? Uh, well, I, I tried. I sincerely, I'm trying to think of a good one as I go here because I, I was trying to field so many answers. I didn't. I honestly didn't come up with one of my own. I guess what I would like to see would be, um, it'd be kind of like when I witnessed personally, VJ Singh and Greg Norman play together, in that I want to see two dry guys with each other. So you help me here, Zach. There's somebody even mentioned Snedeker and J.B. Holmes, the tortoise and the hare. I, and I'm sorry, I don't have the, the uh, tweet up right now. Oh, Jim Thompson. Thank you, Jim Thompson. You're you're a big cat. I love you. Um, I uh, who? Let me ask you, Zach. Who do you think would be a stark contrast right now that would be not volatile but entertaining per se? I mean, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Like, uh, hmm. I guess maybe like. Tiger, uh, no, like DJ and Brian Stewart hitting it like, or Brian Gay hitting it like 250 yards off the I team. got one. I got one. You got uh, DJ and Rocco Mediate. Rocco Mediate. Because you, you, you got DJ who's on autopilot, just sitting there like a blue angel, just flying in formation inches away from the other plane. And you got Rocco sitting there going like, Hey guy, how come you wear your hat backwards? Or hey guy, how come? Hey, what kind of coffee you got this morning? Hey guy, how you doing? Just like Rocco is just all about like, why is everyone so quiet? I mean, yeah. that's and DJ is Mister like, huh? You said something? I mean, that's just DJ's that's, dialed that, in that, now. <clears throat> so, in terms of a teamship, I would love to see those guys play together because, despite their personality differences, it wouldn't affect their game whatsoever. Because DJ is highly remarked on tour as being one of those guys who if he carried his own bag or had a different caddy every week, he'd play the same just because he's just, he's steadfast. That's all. And Rocco is kind of like fuzzy Zeller, the polar opposite in that where he's so, or Lee Trevino where he's so affable and goofy that that's his, for lack of a better term. And this is me saying it like their self-defense. We're just kind of like, Hey, you know, goofy, this goofy, that you want a sip of my coffee. If there's rum in it. I mean, whatever. Yeah. But we could talk about some of the groups this week. I could lead it off with... Oh, that's right, that's right. Oh, I didn't write any down. I'm not looking at technology right now. There's some good ones. I like uh, Jason Day, Adam Scott. I remember that one. Yeah, the Aussie. little on the nose. Uh, I could lead it off, I guess, with the, the Kepka brothers. Brooks and right. Chase making his PGA Tour debut. And I'm not sure how it works. If they win, does Chase Kepka get PGA Tour exemption? Uh, I would guess not. That's a good not. question. Well, that'll lead actually to another question we have coming up later in the show in terms of exemption, and I hate to say it, 
I'm sure he would get some type of, <laughs> especially if him and his brother won. But uh, I think there's yeah there's Day and Scott. I think there's John. Hmm, no wait, there's Davis Love and Furick. That should be an interesting one. Oh, I didn't see that one. That's a good team. Yeah, okay. I love those two. I think uh, it's Sergio and Tommy Fleetwood. Interesting. Was that a forced pairing? Because, I mean, I hate to say it. I feel like that could be the winning team. I'm just, we're not looking at odds. Sort of I'm seems like it. Right it now. A... When I saw those two names together, I'm like, why shouldn't those guys win? There's some odd pairings, like John Rahm and Ryan Palmer. I don't know how those two end up together. Keegan's but playing when with... I, but that's why when I'm going back to Sergio and Fleetwood, I'm just kind of like, well, why are those two guys together? But then part of me is kind of like, like flicking two sparks together. I'm thinking, wait. Who cares if they're together? I think that could work. So Yeah, so I was wrong about Palmer. It's even better than I thought. Davis Love is actually playing with his son Drew Love. And oh, okay. Furick is playing with David Duval. Back in action. <laughs> You're right. You're right, Zach. It is better. David Duval is yeah. goal. <laughs> Oh, the poor guy. I hope he has goggles on for the pollen. It's yeah, rough got, this time of year. Uh, <clears throat> the Canadian group of Connors and Hughes. That's right. I do like those guys. I then do they like ditched Mackenzie. Adam Hadwin, who stuck with uh, Aaron Badley. They left him behind in the Canadian group. Uh, going back to Connors, though, he's playing hot. He's playing hot right now. Yeah. You didn't hear it first. Playing good. He must be having the greatest Monday qualifier season in PGA Tour history. I think he has four Monday qualifiers and like a he's win, having, a T four. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's um, he's definitely eye of the tiger, and this month he is striping it for April. I'm seeing if we got any other interesting ones. We got uh, Stephen Yeager's back in business. Which <clears throat> I like that guy. KJ Choi, you see, he's back. Now hold on. That's why we like the snuggle blanket of uh, Harbor Town, folks. You like like Duffner said, no bombs. That's the greatest Just course for KJ Troy just... to come back on. Well, okay, look, don't get me wrong. KJ Troy is one of my favorite top ten favorite golfers of all time, easily. Really? But yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he reared his head here for one second was cute, but it makes perfect sense. And that's it. Yeah, he hadn't played in a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, there's some sneaky good picks, too. I like the South Africans of Schwartzel and Ustazen. Interesting. Oh, they I didn't see that one. That's really good They sort of each other well. Fair. Very fair. Yeah, but... Uh... Oh, real quick. Uh, real quick, because uh, I was just looking at uh, some notes. Uh, shout out to Nolan Smith for being a great... Great addition to last week's podcast. That was a lot of fun talking Masters and Tiger. And I'm dying to get anybody in on the podcast. Thanks for Skype. Thanks for this microphone that Zach sent me. I mean, we're, we're doing the best we can. We're making it there. Exactamente. So, anywho, uh, what other teams you want to discuss on the uh, Zurich Classic before we uh, chat about other stuff, if we have other stuff to chat about? I guess... Uh... There's not too many, not as many big name guys as I thought. The, the last big one, I guess, is Patrick Reed and Patrick Cantley. They're paired together. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. Well, that's uh, Cantlay is he's pretty hot right now. Oh man! I mean, gosh, who, oh, this is something who, we well, could discuss. Fair, he's like to be, to be fair in terms of ball striking and scoring. Who's hotter right now? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is a meteor. I think he's the hottest player on tour, and no one talks about him. Well, and I well now hold on. I haven't listened to any of their golf podcasts, so I don't know if anyone else is uh, singing his praises or anything like that. I mean, I know one of the no laying up guys last year said he'd be rookie of the year, or he was declaring that for this year. I don't think so, but Patrick Cantlay is and Fuego ahora. So yeah, that he knows how to play. I think he's had maybe ten top tens this year. <clears throat> Really? Wow. I mean, he's 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 been a Saturday player. He's always been storming up in all the tournaments. I mean, just him and Tony he, Finau are the two that I think are like bound to win very soon. So, how about you and I put a board bet up? What bound to win soon? What a tournament or a major? Ooh, both. I'll go. I think. Okay. I thought Finau would for sure win one this year. I guess he still could. Obviously. Okay, I tell you what. Let's you and I do a little wager right now. We'll call it whatever mm-hmm. down the road, but we'll call it a board bet, and everyone at home can keep track of it with us. But I say Patrick Cantlay wins, as you just said, not just a major, but a tour event. Patrick Cantlay wins before Tony Finau. Ooh, yeah, I got to take Finau on that one. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'll take this all day. I'll take the, the long-term Finau. He's just been too you know good. What? That's fine. You know what? We we digitally shook on it, put it on the board. Trouble is, Finau does not play in regular tournaments. If Finau's going to win, it's going to be a major. He yeah, doesn't that's true. show up except it, it's 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 like he's like Kepka light. I mean, <laughs> it is crazy. He shows up at the majors. That's all he has to do. Like I like I've made fun of his Twitter account. It's ran by a bunch of people, and part of me is like, yeah, like Tiger Woods is. But it's Tony Finau, not Tiger Woods. Yet, Tony Finau's background is exactly like... I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's definitely not a bad thing. And I don't besmirch the guy. I don't have... I sincerely don't have a single bad thing to say about Tony Finau. That man is an American Spartan golfer warrior. And he will guide us to many Ryder Cup points in the future. God bless him. But in terms of right now, what we're talking about... Cantley is going to take a, a PJ Tour weekly checkbook Swiffer out and wipe it all up and down his asshole. It's, the, Cantlay is going to win twice before this year's over. Mark my words. Not just no. once, twice. Fino's got Majors and PJ Tour events total, he's going to win twice. Fino might win the next major, then it'll be too late. And thank you. Then he has one. Then he has one. I'm saying Cantley wins twice. Okay, let's bump it up. Let's let's shift our original bet from who's going to win next to you say Finau's going to win one. I say Cantley's going to win two first. Any type of event. What do you say? Let's make this a little more stringent. Huh? Oh, I think I think that makes it even easier. I think Cantley might be more ah! likely to win one, but two. Two's oh, a lock like for Finau. Two months though. Oh no 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 no. I see where you're coming from, and I appreciate it. But I feel like I could by by June I could be laughing with a cigar. I mean, come on. Or Fino Fino's been off his game a little bit recently. I give you that. But what game? We haven't seen him play golf except for the majors. What are you talking yeah, that's about? Also, pretty fair point. He'll be so there. That's why. That's oh, that's why I'm loving this bet because Cantley tees it up every single week, and Fino tees it up four times a year as far as I count. 
And that's what I have going to my favor here. <laughs> Cantley's like Kucher. They seem to just be at every single event in the top 10. Kucher's about to replace DJ as my man to make a ton of money, and I should somehow get on those coattails. I mean, if Did we think about it. He's leading the FedEx Cup by more than a victory. Kucher is having a tremendous year. I saw some people say on Twitter uh, they they don't want to support Kucher because of what's been going on. And I didn't really. I'm not saying their name, and I'm not. Gonna, I'm not necessarily promoting all those people who like supported that or whatever. Regardless of whatever happened to Kucher this year, in a golf sense, Kucher is having the best year out of everybody. I said it back when at the Sony Open, he's swinging ten miles an hour faster. Something's different with his swing. I, I'm on record as saying it. This is Kucher's year. The trouble is, he just has some bullshit controversy, like tagged to him like a remora. That, it's all it's just it's not his fault well it's kind of his fault but eh. yeah it's like him and phil sort of they both took on the strategy of just swing as hard as you could get that club head speed up sort of like baseball how they're all changing their strategy to just hit home runs and strikeouts now in golf it just yeah really far yeah but phil is one of those batters who can if he needs to or thinks he can can put the baseball over the field Whereas Matt Kuchar is like former Twins catcher Mike Redman, who just could only hit opposite field singles. That was it. <laughs> just that the, Matt Kuchar is. That's why I'm happy he swings the club faster now, and he's doing really good. Is because he has the most one-dimensional game for a top-tier player ever. He hits that wipey cut. He just has that one plane swing, which is fine. It's just that's why I wanted him to win the British Open in 2015. Because he, he was right there, and I don't know if his tired ass will ever have a shot again. And I just, I, he was, I wanted him to win that because his game, I don't think, can hold up. And he's in his 40s, too. And then this year came around, and his swing is literally 10 miles an hour faster from what I can see. I didn't look at the numbers. So it's a different match, Kucher. He's competing with everybody now. I don't care if his game's one dimensional, he's figured something out that he's getting that, the ball that, down the like, fairway 20 yards farther. But I feel like golf. Well, I, I think it's more so based off your approach. It doesn't matter, even though it doesn't matter how long you are off the tee, that varies into how your long your approach is. If you're 150 out and you're one of those players who can hit a pitching wedge or an 8-iron, okay, so that's your club for 150, whether it's 8-iron or pitching wedge. Trouble is, those two golfers I just described with those two clubs have two different ball flights. And the trouble is, that golfer with the pitching wedge, when they hit it up high has a much better shot at hitting something accurate or better as opposed to the 8-iron who's coming in lower a little bit with lack of control. That's why that's why I love Bernard Longer <laughs> playing like he does. Because that guy is a wuss off the tee, which means he's seeing a lot of long irons and greens, but he his long irons don't release. That homeboy stops him, up, stops him on a dime. Oh. He's the most dominant champion tour player of all time. And a hell of a Ryder Cup to boot. I don't have his Ryder Cup record up front, but I remember, you know, too, when the Ryder Cup was pushed off because of September 11th, him and Colin Montgomery were paired up together in the first two days, and they never lost. It's like those two guys walked around the whole course with a four iron and a putter each, and they just lasered our asses. I think they went 4-0-1 apiece. They just destroyed us. They were just, like, every single time it was 200 yards, one foot away. Like, like they just, Molly like, would. Or is it Kinda. too soon for Mollywood jokes? No, it's not too soon. I just I 
a lot of our fans can probably help us out on this, but I don't remember distinctly a lot of the Mollywood shots. I distinctly remember the Colin Montgomery and Bernard Longer shots from 2002. Those guys, it was like, if anyone, if any of you out there play Call of Duty or play online games like first person shooters and like everyone has like the headshot bots on or the kill bots, that's what Montgomery and Longer were doing. It was just like the second they teed it up, the, once it was airborne, you're like, it's from the hole. That's just what you did. That's thing just, you that's just said about... for three days. What's that? I wish I understood a thing you just said about kill bots, machine guns. Kill bots, sorry, in layman's for you, Zach, I apologize. Kill bots are something artificial in a video game. I'm, <laughs> and all my nerd friends right now are pissed that I'm describing it this way, but it's essentially. Uh, something summoned by the computer that the second it sees you or whatever, it just kills you right away with a perfect shot. Oh, really? This will give you a like, good laugh. The only video like game it, I play is NHL. Uh, spoiler alert, if uh, you're playing Red Dead Redemption 2, which I'm not, but somebody told me this, if you're at a certain part in the game and you try to go to a certain part, like you try to go to Blackwater or something, and when you cross a certain line, 100 people show up and all of them are just like A plus accurate and kill your ass right away. That's exactly that's what a killbot is. That's what like just like you cross a certain line with the computers, just like you're not living right now. We're we're like just everything just hones in on you. That's what Montgomery and Longer were in two thousand two. <laughs> they killed us. They destroyed us. They hit four iron after four iron, par three, par four, par four, layup, layup, whatever, to inches from the cup every time. And those bastards. And they were like forty years old apiece at the time, written off. Like and not even like longer champion status because like Montgomery's not doing anything right now, obviously. But these two guys showed up unassumingly. Oh my! God, and they just whooped our asses handily. I, I, I'm kind of impressed. That, that's why I'm not upset we lost because how how beautifully those guys paintbrushed us. It was oh so bad. Anywho, I'm sorry. That was I, I just went I went down a rabbit hole there. Yeah. Moral of the story: All I play is NHL. Like the good Canadian boy that I am. Correct, correct, correct. He is, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. If there is not a greater sport to play on the planet, we want to talk about <clears throat> physicality, balance, speed, concentration, hand-eye coordination, strength, all of the above. It's hockey. Yes. It's just preach it. Really, really, it's really, really tough in hot climates to build those facilities and maintain them, and when kids grow, it's hard to keep outfitting them with equipment. I'm sure that's a pain in the ass. And then if you go south of America's border, all you have to do is wrap up a bunch of electrical tape around a newspaper and you have a football. And that's how soccer has taken over the planet. I'm not besmirking soccer. That's just how it goes. So anyways, uh, anything else you want to you want to discuss about the Zurich Classic before we uh, move on to uh, questions and topics? No, I guess we could move on. I guess I'll plug it here right now that we'll be doing a show. Plug away. We'll be doing a show twice a week now because we have such a great time filming it. So why not share it with everyone? We finally have Zach got me a microphone. I don't know if you guys can tell. And if you can't, God bless you. Cause I've listened to some episodes and it's Skype is tough. Skype is tough. It's just the way it goes. But this is truly this is a lot of fun. I, I kind of this is like me and Zach have golf therapy, so to speak. We and just the talk few of you that listen out there, yeah, the few of you that listen out there or that enjoy it or 
I, I enjoy getting the tweets or like the texts or the random emails that say like, Hey, I like that movie line you pulled or that this and that, whatever line it's like, yeah, that's the, that's the fun of it. I mean, I, I wish everyone who was listening was in the same room with us while we're doing this. This is, this is just a golf conversation. And unfortunately it's just you and I talking right now and only like nobody else can have a voice. And that's why I do like bringing people in and do like all the Twitter questions and all the Facebook questions and all the, I mean, that's, that's great stuff, which, by the way, I don't think they're listening because most of these guys don't have the wires out in Maryland, but better late than never. Big shout out to my Maryland, USA people, uh, yeah, the uh, men's league that I resurrected from the dead back in 2010, I guess is still alive and well. They had their like 10th anniversary or something. You guys are doing great. And uh, that's Bill Bowen. That's... Uh, God, Joe Lambert, the Donut Man, Casey, the Godfather Shine, and uh, I know these guys are listening. Our head pro, Josh Jeppy, you're the man, not the peanuts, and JB. I'm not even gonna say your real name, not yet. You're just the wizard, and you go on selling cars and playing pro baseball somewhere. Because <laughs> I'll be talking about you again. I know I, it's a long time coming. So, anyways, sorry. That was that was my little. Uh, uh, turnpike there yeah like you said though hopefully we'll bring on some interviewees first i guess we want to get a decent lineup of people so it's not like just one interview and then we don't have one for a, a month oh then, no that's uh, a good point i'm sorry i i guess i was using the wrong word you are the man who has all the good interviews archived and cached what i'm talking about is just maybe bringing in um just random people or guests or I mean like bring in Nolan again or bringing in like oh yeah for sure we're gonna bring our guys in it's just that's why I keep asking I keep saying this and clearly nobody listens uh is following me on Twitter because I keep asking for help but we need to find a good platform to multi-face or something I mean I know this is a Google search away but uh Skype Worked for me the first time today in a long time on my first try. So I'm not going to press my luck with Google or trying to search. The, thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to try and press my luck with anything. But at the same time, I know this is easy shit to perform. But at the same time, we want to make it sound good. We want to be at all inclusive. I mean, shucks. I'd like our podcast every week to be our whole team if we could, like, arrange it properly. I mean, that's that's the fun of it. I mean, having Nolan on, Christ, that was so that was such a great time. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's great for me, I find. I guess you, you get to talk golf and deal with golf all the time. For me, none of my friends have much interest in golf or anyone, so it's more I'll watch it alone or follow it alone, and then now I got people to discuss it with. Fair, but I, you know, not to contrarian you, but I'll counterpoint by saying most of my caddy friends, my good friends, and we just had a caddy meeting and I was hanging out with them, they're not into golf, really. No? Like when I what happened in the tournament they're not paying attention and every single golfer or guy this is mostly guys that i caddy for they usually ask the same question or the same story or the same topical thing what's going on so it's a very stark contrast in terms of the people i peruse with don't care about golf the people i have to work for ask the same it it's like office space where it's like we need to talk about your tps reports it's like yes my other eight managers asked about it already and i already put it in or whatever it's like ah, great we still need to submit it just like it's just kind of like repetitive whatever just like oh yeah tiger did you see tiger one i don't know i, I just got an fm radio the other day so i don't know if i'm completely plugged in i mean sorry fair point <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I kind of put a pin in that and stopped. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so, um, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, moral of the story is we're going to be doing two podcasts a week. It's it's a lot of fun. We, between, and I haven't even addressed, like, some people I've run into on Twitter that have, my God, have stirred up some ire in me. I mean, I believe you me, I've paid for counselors. I'm trying to find a medication out there and nobody's giving me one. But in the meantime, there's some people on Twitter that are just upsetting to me. And like I even said it earlier today, Amanda Rose, whoever the hell she is or whatever, I don't even follow her, but she and I got into a tiff a couple days ago because she put another post up saying, I've tried to watch Game of Thrones 15 times and I can't get through the first five minutes. And there were a lot of comments there saying, like, you know, put you on your phone and watch it. It's a good show. I wasn't even advocating that it was a good show. Like, I feel like I'm like a big Game of Thrones pimp here or whatever. And I'm not. I'm a pimp of don't be stupid. And sure, her tweet was all about like, look at me. I keep trying to do something and I can't. And just look at me. Look at me. So I, I lashed back at her. And she like lashed back at me because I lashed back at her saying like, hey, you know what's cool these days? Talking about how you don't do something. And then she like tweeted back at me saying like, "Are you happy being an old coot?" I said, "No." What I said was, uh, "You you love attention by saying I don't do something." And she said like, "I love the attention I get. Do you like being an old coot?" And I'm like, "I love being a quote old coot if that means I don't have to be like look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me all the time." I'm sorry, I just don't do that. I know there's a lot of people who've said they've looked at my Twitter profile and they say, "Oh, you are all about yourself." I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not." I'm about sharing fun shit. That's it. Even if it's a golf swing about me, the only thing I shared about it was the angle or like the funniness of it or like the sunset or something. It's not about what I do. I'm an 18 handicap, I think. I don't know. I'm, I don't care. It's it's about promoting fun. And earlier today, a couple people on Twitter just liked a couple things she said that was... I just blocked somebody that I wasn't following. That's how bad things are getting. Yeah, that's a wild move. I think I might. I think I might just put this as my pin tweet. I just discovered the block button because I'm not even like being controversial or political. I'm just tired of bullcrap. I'm just tired of seeing stuff that I'm just like, no, because I want to reply to that and say you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. No, my God, read a book. Oh my God, what's your problem? And I just should be like. Just nine. Just put up like the whole front. <laughs> Twitter's adding a lot of hate to your life. That's what I'm getting out of this. Possibly. You you, you know what, Zach? You might not be wrong. <laughs> Even though that's great grammar. But that being said, Twitter is my only social media outlet. It adds and, great joy. As, as Twitter is, though, we can cater our and, and cultivate and curate and all the other C words all the things that we can see on our timeline. And that's why that's why I said, I even tweeted him, said, I'm sorry, Amanda Rose, I don't know who you are, but I have to block you because I just keep seeing too much bullshit that I don't like. I don't even know you. I, don't even, I just, nah. <laughs> uh, it's fair, fair point. Uh, yes, but yes, I am a cranky old man. I'm almost 35 years old. I wake up at 5 a.m. every day, whether I work or not, and I go to sleep every night at 9.30 or 10 o'clock, and I likes it. You just have to accept it. Have to? I have, and I enjoy it. There's no have to accept it. Okay, perfect, then. Dude, I hate to say it. Even though I love doing this right now, God forbid, if I were to start to nod off right now, I'd probably look and be like, dog, it's happening. This is better. I'm just going to hang up right now because it's happening. Sleep. <laughs> just... 
listen, in a few years you'll understand, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'll get there. It's I've I've always said I got old man soul. Am I proud of it? Well that remains to be seen, but You seem pretty proud. Yeah, well I guess that uh, has been seen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh did you see anything on Twitter you want to talk about at all? Uh nothing too much. I guess we could go ahead to the uh our last two topics. I guess you have a new topic to bring up, and plus you have some exciting news to share for those in your area. So before Zach brings us our um, uh, Canadian fun fact of the week, I jokingly and semi-seriously uh, texted my mom today saying, hey, my and uh, subplot here, my mother is uh, a great sports fan but has never followed golf at all, and she's living vicariously through me, especially on Twitter and our website, and I think she was our first uh, person to purchase merchandise, so God bless you, Mom. But uh, And I'm about to... Oh, and by the way, folks, we have some merch in the works that, as I told Zach, I don't care if everything fails, we have something in the works that's probably going to carry at least three of us for life. It is that cool of a t-shirt design. <laughs> we'll be I living in you. mansions. Well, I said I wanted ten, and I thought I was exaggerating, and then you shared it with Nolan, and he wants a thousand, and I'm, I want a thousand, too. He's, he's not wrong. It's, it is... Quite possibly, and you had to remind me of this. That's why how like hidden gem the idea was. But anyways, the uh, we have a great T-shirt idea coming out. But this all stemmed from my mother bought a hat, shirt, whatever. But she, I told her, I said, hey, Ma, how about, because she asked me a lot of, I'm not going to say dumb, but very earnest questions about golf every week because she watches golf on TV now and she wonders what's up. And uh, I told her, I said, hey, Zach has the Canadian fun fact of the week. So I'd like a fun counterpoint of uh, what's going on. Uh, with golf uh, and from your perspective and she and so I said how about you give me a, a great golf question a week and my mother's golf question of the week is and you can follow her at well you know what now nah, now nah. it's not like she's gonna get hate she's gonna get promoted by this uh, my mother's Twitter handle is at Hoyden and it's spelled exactly like that h-o-y-d-e-n at Hoyden it's very clever it, it is I'm not saying that sarcastically it's it look it up folks it's very clever for what she is that is our question being how do you qualify she said let me let me actually i don't want to i don't misquote the text here how does a golfer qualify to play in the pga or lpj tourney zach take it away so that's actually what, a great what, question no, as far as you know as far as you know go ahead so yeah, that's a great question. Sort of like you said, you thought like 75% of people listening would know, and I guess it's much lower than that. There's a ton of ways to qualify. There's I guess the hardest way or easiest, depending on which way you think of it, is Monday qualifying, where you have to beat out like 100 people, come dead first, and then you get into a tournament where only that top half make money. So that's a pretty bold bet on your life. And... Then there's through sponsor exemptions, for example. I guess it's sort of an example for the RBC Heritage. I know DJ got in because he's part of RBC. Obviously, he would get in no matter what, but they no, might real sponsor quick, other guys. Real quick, to put a pin in that, though, I meant to ask you because DJ's my boy, and I was surprised to see him teed up in this event because uh, the course doesn't suit him. It's because it's RBC. And yet, and yet, like you said, for three, turn of, three rounds, he was just playing good, and then all of a sudden he's like, ah, I'm the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah yeah he was in it because of rbc so you could get sponsor exemptions 
You could get special exemptions, which would be, you mentioned Lucas Beauregard got one this year, and then I know last year they gave one yeah. to, to Neiman, Joachim Neiman, and to Kira Degaffi Barnrat, who are both having good yeah. seasons. I like uh, that. That's good. The top 25 on the web.com tour at the end of the season get exemption into a certain amount of tournaments, and it differs based on how high they are in the rankings. Nice. And then the top five on the Latin America PGA Tour get some. I think the top five on the McKenzie Tour get into some events, especially like the RBC Canadian Open, of course. And then, yeah, the, it's it's very difficult, moral of the story. And you and you already discussed the morning Monday morning qualifiers. Sorry, yeah. step away for a second. That's probably the hardest one to get in. I don't know about you. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that's for sure. I mean, that's between that was that was probably the primary one i was going to bring up because there's so many obviously but uh really between it's so funny because there's nothing sexy about golf like you can't make a movie or tv show about it but between q school to get your pga tour card and being a monday morning uh, monday morning qualifying warrior every week that is way harder than playing in the M minus league in the NBA and playing like like lower 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 single A baseball like golf is such a tipping point of there's like 500 guys in the world who make a comfortable living oh I by think comfortable way less. yeah well I mean well by by comfortable I mean their bills are paid and they they like then again okay picture it like this there's Charles Howell the third this guy doesn't need to work as hard as he does but he does. That's just his work ethic. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just the way he is or whatever. But I do know a lot of guys. Let's go back to the year 2000. Brant Job, who was the 100th, he, he ranked 100th on the money list on the PGA Tour. He made enough money to make a living, but he also had a construction company on the side. You know, he just kind of like ventures, whatever. It's just, or how you brand yourself. I don't know. I don't know. I it just. Yeah, that's why I guess Corey Connors. Monday qualifying to a win. It's it's like remarkable how much he had to go through. I know he made a, a he made a forty foot putt on eighteen just to get into a playoff in the Monday qualifier. Then beat out six guys in that playoff and then finished first. The guy's a grinder. And Zach, remind the folks where he's from. Uh, Canada. Oh Shout God! Canada. I thought you were gonna say Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. Uh, Tampa, he's from. So before I, before I, not to usurp the podcast for any news, because we're going to run a little long, but as we decided, or not we decided, we kind of thought to ourselves, we're trying to keep a tight time limit to things, but really, if we want to enjoy ourselves, and if you guys don't enjoy us, obviously you've stopped this long ago, or you've unsubscribed or whatever, but if you guys want to vamp with us, or enjoy things with us, the whole point is for us to keep going or whatever, I kind of expressed to Zach that we can extend the podcast just a little bit longer in terms of time. I mean, so many shows are certain lengths, and then you have Joe Rogan, where it's just kind of like, yeah, like I'm a podcast consumer where if you have an hour and a half show, yeah, I won't listen to it an hour and a half straight. I'll just break it up as I hear it throughout the day or throughout the week or however we break them down. So I have a bit of pretty cool news i mean this isn't to like usurp or misdirect what we're trying to do as a podcast but in terms of world golf news i have some pretty good information but before that we're gonna let zach give us the canadian fun fact of the day take it away our 
Our Canadian hey. fun fact of the day is Canada's national sport, contrary to popular belief, is not hockey. It's Oh wait, 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 I didn't come up with a thought, but we, let's talk about it for a second. So it's not hockey, obviously. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna just throw one kind of off the wall, but in the corner because I think I have an idea. Cricket. Nobody plays cricket in Canada. Like except for the Indian people who move here. Nobody yeah, plays cricket. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could have just said no. I mean, I thought there was some. No. That... But okay. 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 What is no, it? No. That was like if billions. So... What is it? Dude, that one. Our national sport is lacrosse. Okay, that's. Oh, I feel dumb for not thinking about that. I thought you were uh, gonna guess it, but then you went with cricket. Well, I, I tried to go off the board. I tried to go purely international, and you know what? It's nice to it's nice to know that because in America, lacrosse is severely regional. It is not nationwide, and that's kind of. I think that's kind of a bad disparity. It's kind of, but it's at the same time. It's kind of like, oh, I go to, um, I go to a college that's on the ocean, so I'm part of the crew team. We row. I go to the University of Colorado. Where do you row? We don't have a rowing team. It just, just kind of how it goes, depending on where you're from. Uh, lacrosse, big on the East Coast, especially in the Northeast of America, and rightfully so. I've watched a lot of collegiate lacrosse games. Lacrosse is the shit. It is amazing. It's an old Native American game. It's beautiful, or whatever you call Native Americans in Canada. What do you call Native Americans in Canada, by the way? Native Indians, Native Americans. Still. <laughs> Native Americans, I'd say more. That's, you guys are essentially just like... Well, it, the American guys... isn't for United States. It's for North American. Of course. Of course. No, and, and, and we are the big fat bully who's just eating everybody's lunch right now. That's it. But, or we were at the time. But the fact that you... That that was to me a total Canada move where I feel like you guys just kind of lean back and put your hand up, but put a finger behind it and say like, "Uh oh, not me with that guy." Yeah. More lacrosse. Lacrosse is a beautiful sport. If anyone can watch lacrosse, it's way better than field hockey, and it's way better than cricket too. I the wish the crazy move cricket. though is most people in Canada don't play lacrosse. It's not because it's so popular here. Like I've never played lacrosse, or I've played it once. I think when I was at like camp in the states, it's not so, our biggest sport, even close to it. But you also told me, and this was news to me, that the CFL, the Canadian Football League, which is the only thing America thinks you guys know how to play is in the rural areas which i wouldn't have thought exactly because I mean, in america there's no comparison like that in the rural areas in america you have less sports coverage or connection whereas like in the cities you have a million percent more or at least kind of because growing up here on the southern oregon coast i live in terms of national football league standards i live 500 miles south of the seattle seahawks and 500 miles north of the san francisco 49ers and when i was growing up that's just like you're Nobody owned that their stuff. Nobody cared. We we had the Portland Trailblazers, and that was if you were into basketball. And they were still five hours away from us. That, that, that's just I know it's way different in Canada, but you guys have a lot more going on. I I wish it was curling actually. Curling would have been the best. Even curling, I guess curling's getting somewhat popular, but like, I've never done it in my life. Although it seems sort of cool, but yeah, like the CFL. It's just actually. gigantic shuffleboard. That's it. it that's right. Yeah. So now so, we can get on to your exciting news. Break it for us. It, 
it's not necessarily that exciting, but um, anyone who's listening to this, you guys have the privilege of hearing it here first, unless any other caddy who was at our Ben Dunes caddy meeting a couple hours ago is doing a podcast right now. But uh, to catch everyone up, I'm a caddy at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in Bandon, Oregon, USA. And we have four 18-hole golf courses there and a par and a 13-hole par-3 course there. And in our meeting today, our director of golf explicitly gave us details on our newest course that's opening for the public coming up. Now, before I get to specific course details, I'm going to be brief with the history. Excuse me. While I'm burping up uh, Jack and Coke. When Bandunes, Mike Kaiser first came to the Southern Oregon coast in the early 90s, 1991, he was a billionaire from Chicago who was, uh, uh, made his fortune in American Recycled Greeting Cards. And if you all know Hallmark and what they ch- charge for a card and what people pay for them, you get how he made billions. That being said, he decided to make a golf course based off of his favorite cor- holes he saw in Ireland. He was still his funny cat. And he dunes. And Ben Dunes for two or three years served as a private course for him and his friends. That's all it was. And in 1999, it went public. And when in 1999, when it went public, 2002, Pacific Dunes was built and it went public. They had two 18-old courses there. He had a course up on the Whiskey Run Bluffs, where the old windmills used to be, up north of public access, that was called Sheep Ranch. Because he had a big thing about no golf carts, no, 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 nothing on the grass. Make it as natural as you can, unless somebody has an ADA injury. So he took that to the nth degree on sheep ranch, and he didn't even allow mowers out there. It was sheep eating the fairways, sheep sleeping in the the, the knolls out there. That's why it was called Sheep Ranch. It was 12 holes. It was old-fashioned match play style like 500 years ago where if you and I played a golf hole and you beat me, we took two steps from the hole and you teed it up and you looked around and you pointed at the next target and said, that's the next hole, go. That was Sheep Ranch, 12 holes. Flash forward to now. It's not a new golf course. It is a course being renovated by Bill Coor and Ben Crenshaw who did Bandon Trails and the Bandon Preserve beautiful courses and this is their first crack at being on the a cliff or a pacific ocean like this venue they have made and these are the parts i want to share that i'm popping off about the most all 18 holes you can see the ocean nine greens on the cliff nine greens on the cliff cabot links in canada can't even boast that bandon dunes And Pacific Dunes put together doesn't have that much real estate on the cliff. They're calling it, if you didn't catch Matt Janella on Morning Drive, Bally Bunyan. Take two. Bally Bandon Sheep Ranch. It's a mouthful. That's bullcrap. It should just be called Sheep Ranch. But once we heard they might call it something else, we were scared. We're glad it's called BBSR or whatever we're going to call it or whatever. But no bunkers on the course. Zero. Caddies will be able to play later this year. There is no specific opening date, but in 2020, probably around the U.S. Amateur, we're talking May or June of next year, it will be open for the public, limited rounds. This is specific information, people. I'm not going to get sued saying this. I didn't sign any waiver. It's only going to be available to people who had already played 18 that day, and you have to get a caddy. There's tons of stipulations. Wow. You have to jump through the hoops. But 
I can't think of a course opening right now in America, right now, a year from now, two years ago, two years from now. This is it. Sheep Ranch, I think, is the course that is opening right now in America that everyone's hot about. And in terms of us at the Bandons Golf Resort, this one, and I've only seen it from afar, will most definitely be our crown jewel in our crusted nutsack of amazingness that is the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. How many courses are there? Is this the sixth course? This will be the fifth 18-hole installment. And because we're getting so big, they're talking about putting in another Caddyshack out there, an alternate restaurant. This is all ushering in things to move the resort from the headquarters and stall workplace that it is into a more permanent spot that's even bigger. Bandon Dunes, ladies and gentlemen, and I love you, Mike Kaiser. I really hope you're listening to this podcast because I played golf with you back in 2002 and your son, with your son, and we had a great time playing 18 from the championship tees in the dark, and I won with a birdie. You don't remember? But anyways, Bandon Dunes is a freaking blessing upon the earth here in Oregon. It just so happens that the southern Oregon coast is exactly like Ireland. Half of it's because Lord Bennett from 1870 in Bandon, Ireland, sailed over to a place in Oregon. It was in Oregon at the time. Actually, it was. But he named it Bandon, Ireland. Bandon, Oregon. Whatever. He brought his gorse there. With the climate, it's the same exact thing. We have... It's hard to get to, folks. It's super expensive. But we have a gem, guys, in terms of... I mean, Lynx Golf. If you can't make it to St. Andrews, make it to Bandon. It's really the same exact GD thing. Anywho, that was uh, that. That was the news about the sheep ranch. I I don't know if I can tell you anymore. I learned a few things at the meeting, but I knew leaving that meeting that was fresh information. And I mean, some of it's old information, but nine greens on the ocean cliffs, like Bandon Dunes, has two approaches to the ocean. And then three holes along the ocean. And Pacific Dunes has two approaches to the ocean and three holes along the ocean also. Bally Bandon Sheep Ranch has, I don't even know how many approaches, nine greens! That's half your greens on a golf course on the cliffs of the ocean. And they even admitted they borrowed from Cabot Links. They borrowed from Bandon. They borrowed from Ireland. They borrowed from everywhere. I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves, because I remember when Pacific Dunes opened, I looked at Bandon Dunes going, oh, what a shitty course. <laughs> we got Pacific Dunes now. Then I left, and they got two more. Now they're getting another one. Now they're getting another one. Oh, my God. Everybody. Everyone should just move here and hang out. I mean, yeah. or just caddy. We, we're we going to need at least 40 to 60 more caddies. Oh, God. I, I know if any caddy friends of mine just heard that, they're going to be pissed. But... There's going to be a new influx of work. We're we're opening a fifth 18 hole course. Yeah, I will so. definitely have to head down to come play these courses. I've never been to like I know there's a bunch of places in the states that have a ton of courses, all in the same property, and that sort of like doesn't happen here. Like where I play, there's two courses, but they're sort of very similar, just right next to each other. I'd say in America in general, that's usually the case. Where that's why I said where I happen to live. I'm like one of the, I feel like literally one of the hundred people who live on the moon where it's just like, I'm so out of reach yet. It's so distinct and cool and individual. I mean, 
everyone knows about Bandon Dunes. Everyone wants to come here. But in the end, there's still the same 40,000 stupid people in this county who, when the course was here 20 years ago, where the resorts are 20 years ago, things really haven't changed much. My uncle, I love him. He's the smartest guy I know. But he even said once, he said, uh, oh, Bandon Dunes is the uh, number one employer in the county. I'm like, yeah, minimum wage jobs. So you have to really quantify your argument if you're trying to put it a certain way. But overall, when it comes to golf, Bandon Dunes is the fucking bat cave of golf courses. It 100% is. It's hard to get to, and you don't remember how you got in or out. And that's, I hate to say it, as much as we'd love to have a Hilton come in the area, sincerely, I mean this from a guy who, <laughs> I've never seen a McDonald's in my hometown my whole life, it's just even though it deserves it, it's just, no. There's no McDonald's there? That's my big takeaway. We got a Subway in my, well, now hold on. No, now the resort abandoned dunes is five miles north of the town abandoned. The town abandoned, in terms of franchise fast food, has a subway and a Dairy Queen. That's it. At least it has Dairy Queen. Yeah, that's fine. But I've had a few friends of mine. We've gotten a burger and we, sorry, at Dairy Queen, you're gonna hate us on Twitter, but took a bite out of it. I pulled some big plastic blue thing out of it, and I just like threw it out the window. Just like, yep, this is for the deer. Just get ice cream at Dairy Queen. I, <clears throat> fair enough. I'm not a dessert guy, but I, I probably should. <laughs> Their blizzards are oh, off the charts. So, anyways, folks, this has been a great long show. We're we're just over an hour and ten minutes, and uh, but we've we've thank you for hanging on in the end. Sorry if we didn't mention any names. We uh, did anything else you want to talk about? I got some fun topics I want to like you know maybe write about or talk about on Twitter, but nothing I want to open a. No, I, guess, I guess I could leave it at this that our first episode a week I think we sort of both agreed will be more recapping the last week and previewing the next week and then our second episode the week I guess we could probably do it Thursday or Friday so we could talk a little about how the tournament's going so far and then we'll be a lot more like uh, topics that people bring up or interesting things in the golf world and that's that's exactly perfect I mean like that's if we can exactly subdivide we have a lot of fun stuff to vamp about and have a good time about or whatever and uh yeah that's uh that's uh probably the most appropriate way to do it i mean we, we're not going to do it daily but then yeah i mean i'm we don't want you guys to get tired of us either to be fair yeah come on no, learn to love it as the mother says are you wearing an uh, what shirt are you wearing what are you wearing this is a la angel shirt from my time going to see Vlad Guerrero out there. Shout out Montreal Expos. Well. You know what happened at the game? Two home once, runs for uh, Vlad. My girlfriend, her favorite team is the Angels behind the Braves. So I kept, I kept seeing the top of Halo. I'm just like, is that a stupid, like, uh, is that like a weird promo Toronto shirt? Uh, is that like a weird top of your, yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Go Halos. <laughs> Uh, well, no, no, go Dodgers. We're we're in the middle of like winning five games, losing five games, winning five games, losing five games. You know how it goes. Yeah, no, I definitely need to head down there to play some play some golf and drive five hours to yeah. watch baseball. Well, now that, that that's the trouble around here. I mean, and that's exactly what the Bandon's Resort um, kind of preaches, or they don't preach. It's just kind of the way it goes. It's golf, eat, sleep, repeat. That's it. I remember golfers asking me on a Saturday, they're like, hey, where can you go watch the UFC fight? And I kind of looked at the other caddy going, 
hey, where can they go watch the UFC fight? I don't, I don't know where they can watch it in town. I sincerely don't know where who has the UFC fight. Are there bars in town? I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I mean, so we told him go to the casino because there's a half shitty casino in Coos Bay. But fair point. I guess we could leave it at that. So thanks guys for listening. Uh, subscribe if you aren't five star. You know, help us. Zach, out. what? What, where can we find us you give us some plugs go oh so the podcast we're doing it through the michigan sports and entertainment network and you could find us on itunes spotify google play radio public basically anywhere there's a podcast you could find us and as a matter of fact if you're on some very specific app that we don't know about you could let us know and we'll get it up oh there. yes please we we want every crack and crevice filled here I don't care if we only have 200 fans and two are missing out. We want to make it 202. Really? I mean, yeah, this no, is, we could get it up anywhere. We're, as much as people want to, like, like people who want to make a, a website or an industry or a podcast, or whatever they want to cultivate an audience, we want to cultivate a community here. Or at least that's what I want to do. No, for like, sure. Every, most of you guys, and I'm doing better at trying to follow the rest of you, but every single person who follows me, I try to follow back, and we and we love to mix it up every single time. I mean, somebody even called me out for calling out Amanda Rose, that bitch. But uh, forgive me, but yeah, that was that was fair language. I I, I feel, but uh, at the same time, I played it off like, yeah, that's funny. Like I'm I'm getting on her case, and he's just like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> sorry, yeah, I'm getting on her case. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have haters, no one's paying attention. Come on. <laughs> All right, so uh, hopefully you folks will be able to tune into us. You can find me only on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper One, and that's the number one. And then the rest of it you can find on our site. And hopefully you'll be hearing us in a couple days when we wait. Are we going to do another podcast this week? I mean, yeah, we yeah, this to, one we, will be up. New Orleans. We can just we can just like talk other golf stuff. I mean, exactly. We're recording this Monday night for those listening, and it'll be up. Tuesday afternoon, and then we're going to record one. We could record Thursday or Friday night and get it up Friday or Saturday afternoon. And we'll try and keep a constant schedule. Or at least an inconstant schedule. Or that. Well, uh, <laughs> well so, long as, uh, so long as we enjoy it and you guys don't chip into us enjoying it, and maybe you enjoy it a little bit, I think we'll all have a good time. So, unless Zach, you got anything else to say, let's take it away. No, that's all. Oh, sorry, it's kind of loud. <laughs>